joined by Tom. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. You? Pretty good. Um, been watching Fargo, the TV series, not the movie, and uh, it's fucking fantastic. So oh, just binge like watch. three episodes yeah. of that. You've seen that it? Good yeah, yeah, it's a great show. Great show. Yeah, just on season two, which is like the, uh, I'd say it's got a Cowboys and Indians kind of feel to it. There's just one Indian guy, <laughs> but he's pretty badass. So um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's a good show. Um, we'll get right into it since we're um, going to rush through a little bit today. We're on a little bit of a time restraint. Can I just say, we sound so professional. I hope you guys are taking notice of the sound. <laughs> no, the sound is beautiful. Now all we need is a, a proper graphic for the uh, for the podcast art, and the, the cover art. and We're getting um, there. We're getting there. Slowly an intro slowly. song. It took us, what, eight episodes to get both have proper microphones, so by the time we get <laughs> proper music and the graphic, we'll be on, I think, like 16 or 17, so if we make it by then, if we make it to that many episodes, I'll be happy. Um, before we before we talk about the fights, we do have some some big news that I want to talk about. Obviously, I won't be there because I'm not going to fly to Florida from the UK just to get COVID, <laughs> but UFC 261 will be in front of 15,000 fans in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Big card, three title fights, and as as fun as it was to have like the kind of uniqueness of no fans, you can hear what the fighters are saying, you can hear what the corners are saying, you can hear the shots. Fuck me, I can't wait to watch some fights and crap the crowd go wild. Yeah, there's there's something about combat sports in general, right? Without the the roar of a crowd to a KO or some ridiculous ref decision. More on that later. Um, yeah, it's just like I think I think the thing that excites me the most actually is, is less the the main event and the other two title fights because I mean especially the the, the Yunus versus um Wei Zhang that's like for me that's a pick em. there isn't much to choose between the two and Shevchenko versus Andrade like wow I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go towards the underdog I think like I think it's just crazy that they finally well I mean with this crazy situation of COVID and everything like that like the fact that you have to see a, a Managed to put together a card that is ridiculously stacked, and fifteen thousand fans are going to get to witness it. Like, I'm incredibly jealous. <laughs> I guess <laughs> also the tickets. fact that we should give a shout out to um, the UFC for having events all the way through the pandemic. Like you know, we're talking about getting fans back here. Imagine if this was the first event we were getting since you know COVID sort of struck, and we hadn't had fights this entire time. What a With fucking very nightmare that would have been. Well. Yeah, yeah um, there's only been a few sort of. Um, cock-ups looking at you uh eric anders and leon <laughs> edwards um <laughs> non-covid related but there you go yeah i think i'm leaning underdogs as well um especially with andrage because i picked her when we did our title predictions i picked her to be tight um champ at the end of the year so um got to go with andrage and thug rose just because she's thug rose and it'd be great to get another thug rose commentary moment from dc um there's a couple other decent fights on that card Anthony Smith fighting Jimmy Crew. I think we're both in agreement. He's That's probably going to be an Anthony <laughs> Smith funeral. Um, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman. That's uh, that's a rematch, isn't it? Yeah, it is a rematch. Yeah, Weidman knocked him out. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember what promotion it was. Some some South American promotion. I can't remember. The name. But anyway, yeah, a couple other good fights on that card, and um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to having the the roar of the crowd. I, I, I know you didn't mention the main event. Was, <laughs> no, why would I mention the main event? No one cares about the main event. Well, I 50, think we're 45, both in, 50, 45, 50, 45. I was going to say, I was about to say we're both in agreement, be 50, 45. You think Usman might finish him. I think yeah, 50, I, 45 written all over it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards a TKO. I don't know, I've just got a gut feeling. Because I think he's come on leaps and bounds and striking has the jab and uh, Trevor Whitman seems to got the best out of his power. Like it, it, His striking has gone from being quite crude to being very... Um, formulaic and I think that's like I mean you saw what Wonderboy did to to Masvidal and I'm not saying that Usman is anywhere near the same level of striker as Wonderboy but I mean look at the way he completely dismantled Burns like I I, I would argue that Burns Masvidal, and Masvidal does let himself get hit as well yeah and I'd argue that in terms of punch power like Masvidal and Burns are pretty much on the same like level really if you look at like the opponents they finished and like a, a bar on the flying knee, obviously, and, and what he did to Till, like, I wouldn't say that. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's much to choose between the two. I, I, I think Masvidal's think that... more like the ferocity of his strikes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, but then it's it's less not. It doesn't have one punch power. It's just he just fucking throws with all the heat. Yeah, and it, it brings volume, doesn't he? Like, it, I think, but I think, I, I I don't know. I just I just think he'll. You feel well, like especially being, Marty I think wants I, to make a statement in front of yeah, the crowd. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. I, th- I think he'll, I think he'll eventually like find it hard to like 
well, get past the jab. I know which sounds crazy, but it's like a new weapon, right? It's it's something mm. that he hasn't faced before from Usman. Like Trevor Whitman jab. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was a wrestling heavy game last time out. I feel like this time we've decided on the feet, which I mean, will be exciting for everyone. I think I think that's something I saw like some crazy comments being like, "Oh, it's gonna be like a snooze fest or whatever." I'm like, "Did you not watch Usman's last fight?" <laughs> <laughs> Man's entertainer. It's about time he starts getting some respect. Well, speaking of grapplers being uh, decided just decided on the feet, I want to talk about Aljamain Sterling again. I put it on the notes just because I have been, I don't know, face palming all week reading his Twitter. Um, <laughs> I feel like Jan has got into his head so much, and it's stupid because Jan's the one that should be regretful and everyone making fun of because he's the one that fucked up. But yeah, I just can't help but just look at Aljo's Twitter and be like, dude, what are you doing? Because Jan is just tweeting him like five word tweets. So just like softest champ ever. Paper he's champ. Turned just he's like turned that. heel, hasn't he? Like, yeah, it's just like, it's just like little little digs. And every single time Aljo replies with like an essay and then someone, so he'll reply to one of the replies with another essay and then he'll quote tweet someone else with another. And he just like, just get off Twitter for a bit, mate. Just get off Twitter. Like you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, it's not often I agree with DC, but I do. I do in that respect. I think I would say that it was quite um, reassuring to see that he he seems to have papered over the cracks with uh, Matt Sira. I don't know if you saw the um, yeah, I did see Instagram that. Post, but That's like, good. Yeah, I think I, I think actually that will play into his hands in the rematch because that was going to legit turn me to like fuck Aljo if, if he had screwed <laughs> Matt Sarah over. So um, the man with the best voice in the like, UFC. Yeah, yeah. Now I just still like Aljo, but really wish he would get off Twitter and stop embarrassing himself. Because yeah, like I said, Jan is literally like Jan is putting no effort into his comebacks. He's just like softest champ ever. And then um, you know Aljo's like I said writing dissertations in every tweet. So um, yeah, just, I just I put that on the notes because I was like, dude, what the fuck? We're still doing, we're still going on a week later with these essays on Twitter every day, Aljo. Um, and then moving up a couple of weight classes, we got to talk about this before we talk about all the fights last week and this week. The lightweight division is finally starting to take shape. Um, Benil Dariush, Tony Ferguson, that's been confirmed since the last time we spoke. What a fucking banger that is! That's for UFC 262. Um, we've got Chandler versus Gaethje in the works. Apparently, I don't know. It's not confirmed yet, is it? Yeah, I'm. I'm hearing. That it might be Oliveira versus Gaethje. So I'd know. prefer Chandler versus Gaethje to be fair, but either one yeah. of those would be a banger. Um, I think I think, then, yeah, I think there's pick him in that. There's also been rumors that the Korean zombie wants to move up to lightweight. He's um, said this week something about, I think he said there were like six possible matchups he could have had at featherweight, and all of them are now paired up with each other. So I assume that's Ortega, Volkanovski, um, maybe Didn't Barbosa and Burgos. That? I don't know. Um, could have been Ige. I don't know. But I was looking. I was trying to. I was looking at the rankings, trying to figure out who he was talking about. He said he had six opponents that he could have had, and all all of them got matched up with each other in three I'm fights. I'm sure Ige called him out in his last, well, post fight. I could be wrong. I, I didn't look actually. Um, but yeah, Korean Zombie says he might move up to lightweight. There would be some fucking absolute fire fights with him at lightweight. That would be sick. And um, I don't know if you even care about this, but I put it on the notes that um, Rafael dos Anjos called out Islam Makachev, and he also called out Habib as well um, <laughs> on Twitter after. Um, after Makachev's big win last week. So, um, yeah, finally, you know, finally, I feel like we've been talking for like a year about a oh, lightweight tournament, a lightweight division is going to heat up now Habib's gone, even though it's not even been a year since Habib's gone, but you know what I mean? Um, that's just finally fucking, things are happening, things are happening. It's really exciting. I mean, the, the matchups you just mentioned, Darius versus Tony, like that, there's no way that's not a war. Like just that. like a, just like a bar fight, like Carnage those guys written all gonna, over it. Just like walk at each other like zombies and swing until one of them dies. Like, yeah, I agree. I think, and if it I goes think, to the mat, it'd be crazy too. Chandler versus Gaethje for me—that's a semi-final. If it's Chandler versus Gaethje or Oliveira versus Gaethje, either way, that's a semi-final for uh, potential title fight between the winner of Dustin McGregor three. Zombie moving up though—that's quite spicy. But I, have to, I, wanna, I, I was looking at the rankings. There's so many fights. I was like, "Ooh, Korean Zombie against him, against I him." Know, against I don't know. I feel like he, I'm pretty sure he's fought a lightweight before. I could be wrong. Um, I didn't actually look at that, but it would be fucking spicy if he moved up now. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, like, imagine like, imagine Tiger versus Makachev. I'd watch that. I think that's a great fight. I mean, I know, like, or even like Drew Dober. That's a fun fight. Felder, okay. There's oh, so many sick, t- sick zombie sick versus Felder. Oh my god, sign me up. Yeah, That's Hooker as well. Fight. You know, Hooker would be down for a war with the uh, with the zombie. I know, I know, I know Hooker would love zombie. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dasanios. I must admit, I, 
nearly fell asleep. I don't know if that's just because I'm exhausted from today, but I, I, I guess it makes sense in terms of the rankings, right? But It does make sense, but also RDA lets people take him down. Like he yeah. does that a lot. He just lets people take him down because he's pretty comfortable off he, his he back. He just gets smothered. Yeah, I like you can't fight Makachev if you are going to let people take you down. Like you got to try to keep it standing whatever way you can. Um, but also Chandler and Gaethje, like I feel like Chandler would probably be the underdog there, and I would pick Chandler to win there as an underdog. Which that's interesting. I reckon Gaethje starts him. I think they're wrestling probably offsets. Chandler has been knocked out a couple times, I think, in Bellator, um, which would worry me a little bit Gaethje with the bombs has, Gaethje like, throws. But I know Gaethje got completely dominated by Habib, but Gaethje has a lot of wrestling. And I would argue that as I, I feel like there is. I think the wrestling was kind of offset. I think the wrestling would kind of offset. It'd be pretty even. Um, but I don't know. Chandler just, I like. I, I know Hooker has a lot of miles on his chin, but that, that knockout on Hooker, like I was like, holy shit, this guy's death touch power. Um, I think I might take Chandler to uh, to beat Gaethje, to be honest. Um, but then we saw what Gaethje did to Barbosa. Yeah, we saw what Gaethje did to does to most people. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> I mean, but, um, to be fair, that, that has fireworks written all over it. Yeah, so, be unreal. And then and to, um, actually, in terms of coaching as well, that's quite a spicy matchup. Like Trevor Whitman versus the Hoof Jim. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's like a lightweight rematch of <laughs> of Usman versus Burns. But what would have been fireworks is um, Paulo Costa against Robert Whitaker. As we move move into the <laughs> more depressing news, a fight I was ex- like fucking extremely looking forward to is gone because Paulo Costa says he has the flu a month away from the fight like i'm you know i'm not gonna sit here and call out a fighter for pulling out of a fight because they're fucking professional fighters they get in there and you know put their life on the line basically um and i don't but it's a month away from the fight why is he pulling out a month away from the flight fight with the flu he says it's not covid or i don't know if he said that but you know wherever the news has come from it's not covid he has the flu how fucking bad does he have the flu a month away from the fight to know he can't fight yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I mean, to be fair, that does pave the way for um, Cannoneer versus Costa, which in my eyes is a much better fight anyway. Um, bit of a, a controversial opinion, obviously. But yeah, I mean, at least we're finally getting Whitaker versus Gastelum. But I must admit, it's kind of lost its edge after. And especially the way Gastelum fought his last fight was a little... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even before <laughs> I that, no better way of putting it. Getting subbed by um, Hermanson, like, it was just really tame. I'm, I'm not so sure that Gastelum holds up in the same way that he once did I think that's like I, I think know. it's fair to say yeah yeah it's just a, it's just a weird one isn't it like, it would have been exciting in what like 2018 but now it's a bit like uh really I just think I know MMA math doesn't work but I was thinking Costa versus Romero absolute fucking banger Robert versus Romero banger times two put the two together you get Costa versus Whitaker I was so excited for that one they gotta remake that down the line Um hopefully Rob wins and, um, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, one one thing I saw, I saw some crazy Costa stand calling for a title shot. I was like, he's gonna have to fight like five times before he gets a title shot. Calling like, for a title shot shot without properly getting a a win sounds like sounds like something we're gonna talk about. Ridiculous later take from Birmingham. <laughs> um, <laughs> a few more confirmed matchups before we move on to uh, what was a, a, a card stacked full of controversy last week. Um, Sam Alvey against Julian Marquez. Obviously, Julian Marquez wasn't fucking absolute boss in his last fight coming back from a couple rounds down to get that third round finish um and then nearly getting miley cyrus's phone number but not quite uh sam alvey's always down for a war i'm looking forward to that one to be honest as well yeah it's a good little veteran scrap i guess even though marcus is all like eight and whatever yeah he doesn't have many many miles on the clock even though i think he is somewhat old for a yeah. for a fairly inexperienced fighter but yeah um, a fun fun matchup i mean to be fair the one you're about to mention i've just got like fired oh you're letting me try and it. pronounce that yeah. yeah yeah go for it <laughs> Evloiv against hakim dawadu um what a fucking fight that is i can't wait that, that, that is, one's gonna that go is... under the radar that one's gonna go under the radar but um it might be the best fight on this you know on these notes that we've been talking about like better than any of the lightweight ones definitely better than alvi and marquez um Fucking hell. I mean, every Dawadu fight's pretty fun, but to put him in there with a guy who's just as talented and, and you know, there's just as much hype behind him. Yeah. Uh, the minute I saw that, well, unofficially announced or whatever, uh, my eyes lit up immediately. I was just like, that is, that's dream matchmaking. You've got two, I, I, I would still argue they're prospects purely because of where they're ranked. But yeah, I think so. That is just, yeah. 
fireworks written all over it good in all areas like you you get like i don't know it's kind of giving me goosebumps because i just think it's got fight of the year written all over it <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, emmett versus burgos yeah i could see that in a in a mini version of that but um you know if you want to talk about fight of the year another confirmed matchup tana rosa oh. against Ilya latifi um was latifi's last fight the Lost to Derek Lewis was that the last yeah. time he fought? Yeah, yeah. I know that was ages ago. Uh, I know you. I know you're not a big fan of Dana Boza, so we'll move on. But I just thought that one was worth a mention because it's kind of a weird fight when you think of their body types. Like just from that perspective, it's a weird fight. Yeah, let's see if he's like. I don't know. Let's see if he always kind of reminds me of one of those like circus strongmen. <laughs> yeah, he's, analogy, he's like as wide as he is tall, and then yeah. Boza's what like forty pounds below the heavyweight limit. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, really weird fight there. I, I mean, I guess Latifi's coming up, came up from like heavyweight to fight Lewis, but you know, by now that was ages ago. By now, he's probably I feel like both grown kind of into to, that heavyweight bod. I feel like both kind of have to win. Like if Boza loses to Latifi, I don't know, falls quite far down the rankings. I feel like if Latifi loses, he might get cut. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, especially when he's been so inactive. Um, mm. And then speaking of possibly getting cut. Yusuf Zalal coming off that that uh, disappointing loss last time out fighting Sean Woodson. What a fucking dangerous fight this is for Zalal. Like, yeah. there was a lot of hype about this guy a few fights ago. I kind of thought they might feed him a, a relatively easy fight to get him back in the win column and, you know, moving up the ranks again. Because like I said, he, what, you know, there was quite a bit of excitement about him before um, Tapuria mauled him. And, you know, Sean Woodson, I know he lost to Arosa, but there's no shame in that. And fucking hell, that is such a dangerous fight for Zalal. I don't really see how it's a fight that, kind of caters to him at all like I, he's probably the better grappler but he doesn't use his grappling that much he likes to you know stand and throw spinning shit and Woodson I feel like might just pick him apart I mean it, every time I hear the name Woodson it just reminds me of his ridiculous flying knee yeah um, on, uh, so, cause that was on contender series wasn't it yeah yeah that's just you're just smiling away I can just see it playing in your mind I just, I, just, I just think it's like <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like a video game because <laughs> Zalal doesn't really seem to have much like power in his hands whereas Woodson's pretty dangerous right so I think Zalal has to use his wrestling he has to but he, he tends to not like I, you know f- from what I've seen of him the few fights I've seen of him he likes to strike and try and throw weird spinny shit <laughs> like that's what he <laughs> likes to do and I feel like he might just walk right onto something um but yeah, probably um, an interesting it's fight. It's probably got 30 not, 27 written all over it. If not a banger fight, um, certainly interesting in terms of... It's always weird watching Woodson fight in that weight class just because he's so tall. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all weird to talk about in terms of uh, in terms of matchups coming up. Um, talk about last week quickly before we get on to this week's banging card. We've got another um, tasty set of prelims on, on, the, uh, on the card this week. Talking about... Tasty prelims. Holy fuck. Last week was a banging guard until we got to the main event. Um, Semmelsberger KO on Jason Witt was like, what, 12 seconds? I had not got... You know on Fight Pass sometimes, it plays the sound without the video, and you restart oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it plays the video without the sound, and you have to do it like six times until you get both. I was doing that when this knockout happened. <laughs> I didn't have sound and video. I heard the knockout. I heard the... oh but I didn't see it until afterwards on the replays so thanks Dana for not fixing your fucking app <laughs> that's amazing yeah I mean what a curtain razor I mean, it, it, obviously I was a bit like I don't know you know when, you know when the premiums are on and you're not really that tuning in like I, I almost blinked and nearly missed it and then like right at the last second I was like oh my gosh this is ridiculous I'd give him a bonus immediately. <laughs> well, that was fucking the problem with with that card was there was so many people that deserved a bonus. Um, yeah. I'll 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 rage about this after we talk about the next fight. But um, Hafa Garcia, um, short notice replacement came in and fought Nazrat Hackbrast. Holy fuck, Garcia is here to stay. Like even though he lost, that dude has an absolute chin. He's an absolute warrior. He was coming on short notice. He didn't really use his grappling much, even though from what I understand, he's a you know predominantly yeah. a grappler and more than a striker. Um, but you know, typically kind of what we expect from that fight in terms of Nazareth just picking him apart with the striking. But I don't know, I just there's sort of about Garcia I really like. I, I guess just the fact that he was walking forward constantly and didn't seem to give a fuck that Nazareth was piecing him up. 
He was throwing bombs as well. Like there were a couple yeah, of times he had a, where a couple of overhands that nearly yeah. like did some serious damage. Yeah, and we've seen Hakpras get starched before, so I can, I can understand the game plan. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was really impressed. Like, it, it, which sounds weird because obviously he lost, but it kind of reminded me of the the Mason Jones Mike Davis fight. I mean, I know it's completely different stylistically, but like to, to throw him in there with a, a seasoned UFC fighter, Hatpras has what, what I think he's had like five or six fights in the UFC, I think off the top of my head. Uh, fair few, yeah. Like uh, and he's still pretty young as well, but yeah, um, and pretty uh, experienced. GSP like it was really impressive to just see him see the, and I think that's all we got to do. I think that's what Dana did to a couple of press conferences ago he was saying something like you've got you've got to seize the moment right like if the call comes you, you don't turn it down I, I think Garcia gave a very good account of himself um, alright didn't get the decision but I don't know it, it didn't it, weirdly he didn't look particularly troubled either even though he was getting hit like what sometimes oh, he took a lot of damage but he was six, never yeah. really like badly shook yeah because um, it was like what like five or six strikes unanswered but they were almost like Range finders rather than, I I don't I didn't I didn't really think Hackpress threw with an intent. No, I, th- maybe... I feel like Hackpress was out there just to make sure he got the win. Um, I think that's a two win streak now after the loss to Dober. So, um, definitely you know, good for him. But I don't know that it, we sound ridiculous talking about the loser instead of the winner. And you know, sorry, sorry Nasrat, but I was really impressed by Garcia, especially the fact that he came in on um on short notice. And I mean, another newcomer who, um, this is what I'm angry about, this not winning fight of the night, because there was four <laughs> four performance bonuses. They were all performance of the night, not fight of the night. Um, Charles Jordan for Marcelo Rojo. And fucking hell, Rojo came out with a fire. I think he probably took the first two rounds. I haven't actually looked at the scorecards, but I would assume he took the first two rounds. And um, just never stopped walking forward. And then my, my favorite, I have to talk about this, my favorite moment of the entire card, and possibly like my favorite moment of this year so far in the UFC, was at the, um, in the corner at the start of the third round. The uh, Charles Jordan's corner was like, are you okay? Because he was limping really bad on his left leg. And he said, yeah, I'm fine. I want to be a champion. And then he went out there and he just fucking threw the kitchen sink at it and went for the finish and was not going to stop. He was trying spinning ground and pound off the fence or some mad shit. Like, I just, you know, so many fighters talk about, oh, I want to I want to go out and insane. I want to get the finish. Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. But like, he legit, did that like he he wasn't it was not just all talk with him he was like yeah fuck yeah i want to be a champion i'm fine i'm gonna go get this finish and you know he probably suspected like i do that he was two rounds down and just to go out there and you know piece rojo up and you know rojo was tough he resisted a lot considering he was getting absolutely the shit being out of him in that round um i am a huge charles jordan stan a george a george stan um <laughs> i am definitely as you can't in. see guys i'm wincing <laughs> I'm definitely tuning in for every Charles Jordan fight for the rest of history until he's no longer with the UFC because holy fuck, that moment was just fantastic. He's so entertaining. I think that's something like that sets combat sports apart from like football and stuff, right? You've got like these these guys who are willing to put like their lives, their livelihood on the line. Like Jordan threw everything at Rojo and it was just like, wow. I mean, some of the things he attempted, I was like, you could have been practicing some mad shit in the gym. And I feel like so many fighters when they when he hurt Rojo and then he sort of ground and pounded for a bit and then Rojo survived and got back up. I feel like so many fighters would have been like, okay, this round's a 10-9 for me, maybe a 10-8. Let's just play it safe, make sure I win this round. And then all I need is the judges to have given me one of the first two because they were close the first two rounds. Um, but he was just like, fuck that. <laughs> like, for the finish, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I need this win. And I'm, you know, the only way to be sure that I'm gonna get this win is to get this guy out of here. And oh man, it was just amazing. I that whole that moment and that third round just made my night it was so good um maybe helped a little bit that i had money on jordan ko but still like that's maybe why i'm going crazy right now but um yeah fucking hell and i've put on the notes for you to pick out who you think he should face next and i have an absolute banger picked out okay i'm going with alex casiris i think my pick is nate landwehr oh you say his last name yeah no that was that was that is a fight is he ranked higher um yeah, on uh, on ranking MMA, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's twenty-seven. Jordan's uh, forty, but you know some of the people in there. It would be point like I don't want to see him fight Charles Rosa. <laughs> we all know my opinions on Charles Rosa. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is a re- that is a really fun fight. I mean, I don't know how high they'll take him because obviously he fought 
Andre Feely and lost. I was I was going to say Casiris just because he's a veteran, so like might get some more experience. I don't know. And he's on a bit of a win streak as well, Casiris. Yeah, yeah, and, and don't forget like Jordan previously drew against Kudabal. Like I think he needs to like piece together a win streak before he starts like rapidly climbing through the ranks. And and stylistically, that's a really fun matchup because Casiris always brings the heat. Especially yeah, that would, that would like the striking, and that would be insane. Um, yeah. the kicks Jordan throws as well. Like, you know what Caceres is like, love, loves a bit of um, to be fair, Lanweir would just be crazy, like pure chaos. Yeah, that's why I picked that one. As soon as I, I, I think that's probably just true of any Lanweir fight, to be to be fair. But I saw his name and was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I want right there. Um, <laughs> because you know, Jordan would be down for that as well. Those are two guys that would just be like, fuck it, let's go until one until one of us drops. Yeah, I completely agree. That's just like but yeah, Caceres would probably be more a more tactical battle and perhaps more interesting if you actually wanted to watch a good fight <laughs> rather than just a fucking absolute mess. Um, yeah, another another one we got to look at next matchups for because it's quite an interesting division is Angela Hill, who um, well, I think it's fair to say beat the shit out of Ashley Yoda. Um, I thought Yoda would be able to use her grappling a bit more than she was here, like. She got, I think, like a couple fluky takedowns when Hill got a bit, a little bit carried away throwing 500 knees. But I mean, this was just like domination. It was a complete mismatch. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I kind of scratched my head a little bit when it was announced, purely because like, I mean, what you were just ranked 24th in the rankings. That's less than Corey McKenna. This is a bit crazy. But she was short notice replacement, wasn't she? Like, I don't think she was expected to win. Um, but yeah, Hill, man. I mean, I wrote an article. Uh, earlier this year talking about how like there's the male BMF in Masvidal and I think Hill is actually the female BMF like she's been on the back end of a load of really close split decision losses and that my friend is where I where I think her next opponent comes in I've got the idea of who I want her to see or who I want to see her run it back with and that is Claudia Gadeja I think like I probably butchered that but I think that's how you pronounce it Claudia Gadeja right, that's mate. it isn't it yeah, I'm not even going to tell. Like Americans, I apologize. <laughs> like some some consonants are unpronounceable, but that's what I'm going with. Um, it was a split decision loss, and I personally had her winning the fight. I think she did more damage. If we look at the the ruling, um, if you look at Gadelia's face, yeah, exactly. And, and if and if we look at how MMA fights are judged and scored, like. By the letter of the law, I think he'll won that fight. So run that back. I think that's it makes sense in the rankings at least. Because I think Gadea is ranked what like sixth. So Gadea is six. Hills ten. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. yeah, that was one when I looked for a next matchup for her. I thought that's probably the the right one to make. That's probably the most sensible one. One that I just thought would be a banger, and it's not fair to Hill because this person's ranked lower than her. But um, just got a big win. Was it last week or the week before? Was Amanda Limos? Um, oh, yeah. I'm definitely not saying that right, but uh, yeah, she just destroyed. Um, Lavinia Sousa with that yeah, with an yeah. absolute striking masterclass so I thought the, stri- the striking between her and Hill would be pretty fun um, but like I say it's probably unrealistic because she's ranked lower um, to be fair Marina Rodriguez would also be an absolute banger but I think I they have like, higher things planned yeah, for Rodriguez yeah they're going for a title shot aren't they yeah um, what have we got to talk about next oh more controversy fucking fantastic we've stopped having cards get ruined by COVID cancellations and started having them ruined by illegal knees um, Eric Anders, I mean, had Darren Stewart hurt in this fight, as much as I love Darren Stewart, he was, I feel like, about to lose. And then Anders threw his second illegal knee of the fight. I don't know why there's thank not you. been much talk about the first one, yes, but thank um, you. his second illegal knee of the fight and was inexplic- inexplicably ruled a no contest, apparently because it hadn't got out of the first round, which is why. Yeah, that, oh, mate, you just summed it up for me. I think everyone talks about the second illegal knee, but you've got to mention the first. Like, I don't know what was going through Anders' head. Like, I, I, I don't understand what goes through fighters' heads at times because I'm like, you, you've been in the UFC for how many, what? Anders is what, like 3-3, three, three, I think? Or, or well, He's no, been three, around. Three. He's been around the block. I think 3-3-1, three, three and one in, the, in the UFC at least. I don't know what his, his um, off the top of my head, what his record is overall. But like, to throw it once and, and Herb not notice it is, is baffling. To throw it twice and then Herb rule it a no contest is just, well, it it maddens me beyond belief because yeah I think I think Darren was losing the fight but he had some success in the first oh, in fact he had a lot of success at the start of the fight like he bloodied Anders' nose I thought he was doing quite well on the feet and then I think he kind of I don't know if it was a cardio issue or something but he kind of 
let off the pace a little bit, which allowed Anders to control the centre of the octagon and push towards the fence. And then that's where he sort of ascertained dominance. And I, th- I think the the pressure maybe of, of Anders sort of actually counted, well, played into Stuart's hands in the sense that Anders then ended up being really reckless and, and throwing, illegal, well, throwing one illegal knee is bad enough, but throwing two is just plain stupid. What I don't get about the the no contesting, and I know you know it's since been explained to us because it wasn't out of the first round, blah blah blah. But they, they ruled it was called a no contest for an accidental illegal knee. How is it accidental? He meant to knee him in the head, so he kneed him in the head. It wasn't like it wasn't on a scramble where they were both kind of like throwing mad shit at each other. And if it were that, I'd be like, okay, fine, that's like clearly accidental. But you know, he had him down, and he like was stood there for a second or two and decided to throw the knee and did throw the knee. Like we talked last week with um, Jan and Aldo about the punishment was befitting of the crime, but here the punishment wasn't enough for the crime. Like I don't understand how you can call it accidental when he literally meant to throw a knee and did throw a knee. Like it's not accidental. That's clearly fucking deliberate. Whether, you know, the rules about the rounds or whatever, that's just stupid, but. Um... I've had an absolute stinker. And may I just say credit to Stuart as well, because he clearly wanted to fight on. Like, I think, I've seen a lot of criticism of him online for what throwing the towel in or whatever, but I think that's a, a great disservice to a guy who is a fighter through and through. He's ice cold, man. He's a killer. That's a classic like, social media bullshit. So yeah, he's we'll, uh, just like we'll fourteen-year-olds get off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of um, more social media bullshit, is everyone thinking Manel Cop got robbed in uh, in his fight here with uh, Mateus Nicolau? I don't agree with that at all. Literally. I went on, um, I can't remember what website it is. It shows like the media scores, how the media scored the fight. Every oh, single MMA, MMA decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, every single media member had it 29-28 Manel winning this fight, which I don't understand at all. Like, yes, he damaged Nicolau late in the third round. But I mean, first of all, obviously the first and second rounds were as clear as day, one each. Like Nicolau won the first clearly and um, Manel won the second. But he, he didn't throw any strikes for like the first, three minutes and 45 seconds of the third round. Like, who cares if he did a little bit of damage in the last minute when he knew he needed to put on a show for the judges? Like, he literally stood there for three minutes, 40, 45 seconds, and did fuck all. Yeah, it's amazing isn't it, when the media don't know the the, the scoring of, or how, how judges score MMA fights. Like, it's not boxing. It's not momentum shift or um, they seize upon a decisive moment in the in a round. Like, yeah, he landed two knees, I think, at the end or... or well, they weren't. He, really did, a, he did a little, a fair bit of damage in the last but, minute. But like but, I say, that was in the last minute alone. That was it in that round. That, that does a disservice to the damage that Nicolau had done throughout that round. Like he was piecing him up on the feet. You can't but, win a round off one of the five minutes unless that no. one minute is like a fucking brutal beatdown and you but didn't even, lose the other four. Even minutes. then, if, if the other guys, if the judges deem that the other guy's done more damage than you, that you still lose the round. And I, again, it's it's the same. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a massive fan of Manel. Like I've been on this podcast before and saying like, I think he's an absolute stud. I do think he's a great fighter. I think he's stylistically he's a really fun fighter to watch, and he clearly bangs. But he doesn't throw enough. And we were saying it's just we, like yeah, we, it's just like something holding him back. It's weird. It's like the second round he let it go and he dominated the round against a really you know Nicolas a fucking good fighter. Like if you beat and I, Nicolau, I had to say to you, right I had to mute there. the commentary. Like, I was so yeah. fed up with listening to DC just chat absolute bollocks about this guy. Like <laughs> just suck him off all night. Yeah, just tell it how it is. Like don't put like rose tint glasses on like he was clearly losing the fight just say yeah i think if if people watched the uh fight with the sound off and weren't listening to manel's teammate commentate the fight it might have made a difference how they scored it i was thinking really frustrating the the betting industry had a lot of lot to do with everyone raging about the decision because all the people who just go on wikipedia and don't actually watch tape of the fighters and just you know pick their bets that way were all on manel because they they see the hype train but um yeah, I, I just don't, I can't see any argument for him winning that fight. You can't stand there for the first four minutes of the third round in a 1 1 fight and then expect to win the third round. Um, but I've not looked if Manel has said anything salty on Instagram. I presume he Yeah, has. he did. He said, oh, like, <laughs> he said something like, uh, thanks, judges, you won or something. And I was just like, well, then don't leave it to the judges. Oh, that's you... so. Um, have you seen that Cub Die would be clip where he's <laughs> like, well done, Jade, you won. <laughs> What a we'll reference, have, mate. We'll have to, to get Manel photoshopped onto that guy. Um, <laughs> well, if we're talking about um, awkward Brits, Davy Grant. <laughs> talking about like awkward personality, awkward striking. Um, nice guy. 
weird, weird way to win his second fight in a row, considering that's not what you would think of Davy Grant as like his strengths. But um, he just fucking slept Jonathan Martinez, who's a huge prospect that everyone's super hyped for. Like, what the fuck? As he said, it's a Disney, it's a Disney story, isn't it? He got dropped in the first round and comes back and absolutely starches the fool. Like it was, wow. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Davy Grant. Like I think he's um, uh, he, he's a noble servant of the MMA scene in the UK. Like he, he waves the flag in the northeast and like Alex England, his old um. I think it was his BJJ coach. Like he was a great fighter, and he actually got signed to the FC before um, he suffered a, a career-ending injury. And it, and it's just it's great to see like him putting the northeast on the map. So uh, to do it in such a, a devastating fashion is well, I, I jumped off my sofa. I'll be honest. I don't know how I didn't wake anyone else up in my house. I was just like it was so unexpected because Martinez was doing really well. Like I had I had Martinez as the last leg of an accumulator, so I <laughs> I did not jump off myself. <laughs> I Maybe it's my the Brit bias in me. I don't know. Yeah, the Brit bias in me made it okay. I was like, all right, I, I can take that out. And the fact um, he's a submission specialist as well. Like, imagine, yeah, like, that's what I was saying. Like, it's not how you expect David Grant to win fights. That's that, two that, in a row now. Yeah, it's back to back KOs, isn't it? Like mental, absolutely mental. But again, it's, it's, I hope they kind of like don't throw him to the wolves. I just I just want to see him in like. Give, yeah, give I feel a like nice... there's a risk they might put him in there with someone who will destroy him, to be honest. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Maybe they'll put him <laughs> in there with someone we expect to destroy him, and Davy Grant will hit him with some wild swinging left hook and sleep him again. Um, Dan Ige ruined the fight of the night. That's what I put on the notes. He ruined the fight I was most excited for by smoking Gavin Tucker in the first well, round. It was, it was three seconds, six seconds, 11 seconds. What was it? I'm, I'm... I think it was like, yeah, 11 or 12 or something. I'm being sarcastic. Like, it was like 23. <laughs> Oh, was it? Once the engagements actually started, it was quick. But um, yeah, you know, I was taking the fucking hell, Dan. And, um, oh yeah, they were DC saying it was like two seconds, weren't they? They were like, "Oh my god, that was three point two milliseconds." Um, no, that was a feeling out process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like once it actually engaged, it was pretty quick. Uh, well, very quick. And um, I'm a little bit pissed we didn't get to see the fight. But since there's nothing to talk about on the fight, we'll just talk about what's next for Dan Eager. Um, I put a few put a few options there for you on the notes. Um, Korean Zombie, Ayo Rodriguez, Zabit, Magomed Sharipov, Josh Emmett. Um, I feel like Josh Emmett's, I think, ranked lower than Iga, so that's probably unlikely, even though he just oh, came he, off he called out, He called out a zombie in the press conference, didn't he? So I, I feel like that's the... the that's the one to make if, yeah. if zombie's not moving up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a... I mean, I know it sounds weird, but I'd really like to see like Iga versus Frankie Yeager. I know he fights a weight class below, but... Maybe they can convince Frankie to come up because I just think stylistically that's a really fun matchup in terms of the height and the striking. Like, I'd pity that. Stick that on pay per view. I can see that. That'd be a banger. Um, not going to talk about this fight at all. <laughs> Ryan Spann against Misha Serkinov. Um, I mean, we kind of said last week this fight's going to be a shit fest one way or the other. Either Serkinov's going to get slept early or he's going to get win by sub early. And um, the former of those happened. Um, both these guys have been destroyed by Johnny Walker, interestingly, who um, is like my biggest MMA fail ever was me predicting Johnny Walker would be a future champ. Um, but, you know, we'll not talk about that. <laughs> and then uh, the main event, another fight getting ruined by some bullshit. Um, Leon, I mean, completely accidental. I've seen people saying, oh, he'd already been warned. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it wasn't accidental. Like, if you watch it in full speed, it was like there's no way you could have avoided it, really. Um, absolutely destroyed Bilal's eye. Thankfully, Bilal has now said that he's okay. His vision's fine, blah, blah, blah. Um, he'll be back. But obviously, there's been a bunch of fuss after this about should they rematch? Should, you know, Leon wants a title shot, which is obviously not going to happen. And um, Bilal's saying that they need to rematch. I don't think they need to rematch, to be honest with you. As harsh as that sounds on Bilal, who I like, it it was pretty clearly a, a gap in skill level there. Um, you know, it, it was going to stay on the feet and on the feet, he didn't really have a chance. Uh, Edwards rocked him, didn't he, with that head kick? Um, but he, he was piecing him up. I think it was. It, it wasn't very competitive. I don't know what. So, I mean, some of the the the, the waffle and ridiculous outtakes on social media that I saw in the aftermath. Like, if you go back and watch the fight, it really wasn't very competitive at all. And if anything, I felt I feel like the matchup was quite insulting to Leon anyway. Like he needs to fight. I mean, so my question to you is, who do you think? He should he should fight next, and I'm going the Colby route. I think that's the the if they're doing Masvidal versus Usman, I think 
Colby versus Leon for the next title shot makes the most sense because I don't really I don't really have much interest in seeing the Colby versus Usman fight again so soon. It's been I mean, what, like Colby's running scared of Leon, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I went exactly, a different route. Like, I went yeah. a different room, picked Wonderboy. Um, I think I could see that. That, I, that would I be sick. I'm going to go with Wonderboy and Burns. I think in terms of the like stylistically, that's like. Oh, that'd be a fun one, yeah. Yeah, I see that. It's, it's a bit of a curveball, but um, I think that's. I was quite I was literally the same four as you, but flipped. I was Wonderboy <laughs> and Leon and Burns and Colby. Like, see, so, they're all. I think welterweight is the most exciting division because you got like Michael Chiesa floating about, like um, Neil Magny as well. He's still in the mix. Like my boy Vicente Luque, even though he loses to all the top guys, absolutely yeah. a banger every time he fights. Um, love Vicente Luque, but yeah, I, I mean. Leon calling for calling for a title shot after that is. Uh, I can I can yeah, I, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I I can understand it in terms of a uh, he's frustrated, obviously. Well, he is, feels like he should already have his title shot, doesn't yeah, he? So. Yeah, exactly. And but equally, I can understand why the UFC won't give him one because of the way that the fight ended. Having said that, do I think that he would have dominated Bilal? Yes, I do. I think there's just a, a clear discrepancy. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get him booked soon. That's all I ask. Because not I have to wait another eighteen no. months or whatever. It's no, exactly. Out, so. um, give them, give them more chances to cut him. Uh, we'll move on to this week's card. Another set of uh, absolute banging, sort of under the radar fights. And there's a another card where there's loads of people that aren't mainstream names that are going to give us absolute sick fights. Um, obviously, a main event: Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. But prelims: Bruno Silva, JP Buys. Uh, he's coming off Dana White Contender Series. JP and. I mean, he fights like a crazy person. Like he just goes out there and just tries to maul you until the fight's over. Like, I'm excited to watch JP Buys fight again. I think this is um, the second time because obviously his, his wife's fighting. I think this is the second time a husband and wife duo have fought on the same UFC card: Montana Rosa and De La Rosa and, and Mark De La Rosa. From from memory, of the first two. So, I mean, yeah, the power of love, man. <laughs> cage fighting, <laughs> cage fighting couple. Go on. I'm, ba- I'm backing both of them. I think it's a, it's a stylistically it's a really fun matchup, and um, uh, I, I can. I feel I feel I feel harsh, but I feel like one of them's going to lose. I just can't. I can't pick them. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see both of them win. Just could it be? You know, I'm a, I'm a cynic, Romantic but I'm a sucker heart, for yeah. a heartwarming story. <laughs> <laughs> I I put on this this facade of fucking you know being a dick, but can we just know? title this episode "Better Love Story Than Twilight"? Or <laughs> um. Julia Vila, talking of love stories, I love Julia Vila. Um, the Raging Panda, best one of the best nicknames in the UFC, is uh, is back fighting Stoliorenko. Um, Avila lost, got mauled in her last fight by um, Sarge Banks. Not not the first woman to be mauled by Sarge Banks. Um, just had to th- just had to throw that in there. I can see you cringing at that. Um, Stoliorenko, I feel like this is maybe a tricky matchup for Avila considering what happened with Eubanks because Stolyarenko will try and bring her down and keep her down but I'm back in Avila here I think you know it's time it's time for her to get back in the win column there was a lot of hype about her after she got that quick finish and I don't know what do you think of this fight I feel like it's tailor-made for Avila to get back on the get back in the win column um if you look at uh Stolyarenko's record it's not that great well like nine five and one I mean yeah She's she's a submission specialist, so I can't stand. Who did she, who did she fight last time, Stolyarenko? Uh, let me just check her record. Oh, Yana Kunitskaya. She lost by United. Oh, yeah, decision. But then, to be fair, before that, she was on a five fight, six, yeah, five fight win streak. But then again, she's fought like mostly in it. Well, she's lost theoretically two fights in the UFC because she lost um, in tough heavy hitters finale. Uh, yeah, I mean the level of opponents that she's fought haven't been that great. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's the one one worry I have about her because, like you know, like I said, that that quick finish she got, I think two fights ago, was uh, got got me and a lot of other people on the Julia Vila hype train. But um, yeah, it's a, it's not not exactly a, a shining record full of absolute superstars. But yeah, I hope she I hope she wins this. Um, Roman Delidze, Trevin Giles. What a fucking fight that's going to be. Like we say, this pretty much about every fight these days because the matchmaker is doing such a good job at the moment. But um, yeah, it's another banger. Delizze is coming down. His last fight was at light heavyweight. He's coming down to middleweight, um, which would be kind of interesting to see. He could be uh, way bigger than Giles on the night, I think. Yeah, Delizze might be one of my favorite fighters in the UFC currently. I think that's just like... I mean, Trevor Giles hasn't fought since... Um... Oh, what was his previous fight? 
He had that. It, it, was it Trevor Charles who um, collapsed on the way to the ring? Or way to the cage? I can't remember. I'm pretty um, sure it was. I don't think so. I'm sure it's Trevor Giles. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the more recent one. Who was the more recent one that had back spasms? Yeah, Trevor Giles fainted, didn't he, before? Um, yeah, Giles fainted, yeah. Uh, it was a Kevin Holland he was meant to fight, wasn't it? I'm getting it up right now. Uh, yeah, he was meant to fight Kevin Holland and fainted before um, the fight uh, UFC Vegas Live. Yep. And then this fight was supposed to be against Duplessis, the South African guy um, who knocked out Marcus Perez. But Duplessis had visa issues, so in comes Roman Delize. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see Delize again. Another Georgian fight. The Georgian uh, revolution is going strong in the UFC at the moment. There's a <laughs> fuckload of Georgian fighters who are really exciting. Um, and yeah, I think this is going to be a sick fight. And I'm probably backing Delize again to win. Mainly just because yeah, of the um, you want me to sub him thing in the last fight. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know we didn't even sub him, but that was so good. Um, no, to be fair, he's only got like what out of his eight fights, only one's gone the distance. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, he goes out there to finish. Yeah, I mean, it's got fireworks written all over it. And then another one. I mean, so many fights on this card that are absolute bangers. Grant Dawson and Leonardo Santos. Um, I was looking at Santos's record. It's way better than I realized. Um, yeah. Like I was expecting this is like, you know, not an easy fight for Grant Dawson, but a fight I would expect Dawson to win, not comfortably even, but you know, a fight I would expect Dawson to win. And then I looked at um, Santos's record, and I was kind of mind blown by how you know how much I'd underestimated this guy. He hasn't lost in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like fourteen fights. There's a draw in there, but um, stop you know, Kevin Lee. Stopped yeah. Stevie Ray. Um, Since that draw, he's on a six-fight winning streak. Three of those are finishes, including, like you said, Kevin Lee, Stevie Ray, Rocco Martin. Um, and don't forget, he also drew the, the draw was with Norman Park, who's been tearing up on like KSW and the European scene. So, yeah, as you say, he's fought like a a, 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 a light murderer's row. Um, yeah, and I mean, this is two guys on really good winning streaks, and one of them's got to go. And, and obviously, um, you got. Um, Smacked in the balls multiple times by Roman Bogatov. So, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I, was, I didn't know something when I saw that fight on the record that there was something about that fight that was we were supposed fight to remember. Twenty twenty, I reckon. Um, and then, and then we already talked about her her husband, um, Cheyenne Baez is fighting. I can't. I'm not actually sure who she's fighting because there's been like two different replacements, I think. And I feel like I might have the wrong name on the notes. Not gonna lie. Um, Let me have a look. I think it's a, a newcomer from Mexico. But yeah, like it says said, Montserrat Ruiz on topology, so I'm going to go with that. Oh, that's what I have on the notes. Yeah, so um, like we said, we, we want to see the the husband and wife do a win, just just for the cute story. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the fight I've picked out as my potential fight of the night: Adrian Yanez against Gustavo Lopez. Um, Lopez is a guy who um, Mirab Djavili absolutely destroyed, but Lopez was just a tough motherfucker and just hung in there. Um, and you know kind of what we spoke about earlier with um, Jafar Garcia. I love people like that who just, you know, even if they're losing the fight and probably know they're losing the fight, they just try and do whatever they can to win no matter what. They don't lay down. Um, and, you know, that seems kind of obvious, but there's not many fighters that actually do go out there with that kill or kill, kill, be killed attitude, even if they say they do. Is Adrian the guy who did that ridiculous contention? The head kick that, in his last yeah, fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, he always brings the heat. Where's he fight? Huh, let me have a look. Metro yeah, fight his club. last fight was that head kick knockout. Um, and I think before that fight fight was the uh, Contender Series, which was yeah. also a crazy impressive performance. Yeah, so, that's um, something of 39 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, so a lot of hype behind him right now. And um, like I said, Lopez brings the fire and um, doesn't there's, doesn't lie down for anyone. There's quite a few um, potential fighter nights here. Like the, 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 the well, Delite, Giles, Dawson Santos, Adrian versus Lopez. Like that's... I mean, amazing co-main and main as well. A um, little bit of change on the card. Dante Mails is out instead of um, instead of him fighting Tai Tuivasa. It will be Harry Hunsucker. Great name. <laughs> <laughs> you you giggled first. That made me laugh. Um, he was uh, the one who lost to Jared Vandera on Contender Series and didn't look great, to be honest. I looked at his record. He's been knocked out in all three of his losses. So I would expect this could be bad news for him going in there against Tuivasa, to be honest. Vivas has been training at TKMA in, in um, Dubai as well with like Brandon looked Lachlan. a lot better in his last fight against Shreve. Yeah. Um, Tari Suleiman. Had what, like a three losing streak before that? But 
Um, yeah, I mean, I know probably scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit, as harsh as that sounds. But he's been training for, with people um, like Dan Hooker. For a short notice not... replacement, but... Like Dan Hooker obviously flew out to, um, to Dubai and had to quarantine before going... Well, obviously quarantine when he got back to New Zealand. But before yeah. that, he, he, I think he was like in Dubai for something like a month. And they were just training in the gym constantly, like whatever Instagram and stuff. And Dan Hooker's really good on the feet. So you'd imagine that he's given... Like, obviously, it's a bit different because heavyweight... Well, two of, let's be honest, two of us doesn't exactly move um fleet of foot but uh <laughs> he carries serious power so yeah yeah i feel like it i feel like it's kind of made for him really to make a bit of a statement and yeah like i said i mean it's a short notice replacement so what can you do but um i'll be betting on two of us to knock out that's for sure um, <laughs> i just want to see a to... shoey man that's what i care about <laughs> <laughs> moving on to come will they even do a shoey in a empty arena well, with no they, fans didn't he tried to do it last time didn't he and yeah they, he tried they, to do it last time they had those, to do it in like, the media youtube influencers there as like yeah, Dana's no. guests, yeah, and he tried yeah, to do it with them, and like they were told they couldn't do it or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Greg Gillespie, Brad Riddell's a co-main. I mean, we're running out of time to talk about this, but holy fuck, what a fight! Um, Gillespie coming back off the loss to Kevin Lee. Um, we'll we'll spare everyone Tom going crazy about city kickboxing, but uh, Brad Riddell needs to avenge his fallen brothers last week or two weeks ago. That was uh, a really like them. bizarre Warcraft reference. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, the main event, Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. The question I have is, is Kevin Holland going to fluke his way to a title shot? Like it feels like, and I, that sounds really harsh, but all of his wins and fluke sounds hard. Like I said, sounds, sounds unfair, but all of his wins are so weird. Like the finish mm. on Jack Ray was weird from his back, like with punches. You don't really see that. The finish on, um, what was his name? Charlie Ontiveros was weird. Like he slammed him down and he hit his neck. Um, before that, slept uh, Joaquin Buckley. Even just that seems like was weird because yeah. that was like, a, I mean, on the feet, that was really 50 50. Like, just seems hurt. like I never know what the fuck is happening in a Kevin Holland fight until it's over and he's won. Well, Holland, versus da- <laughs> Holland versus Darren Stewart, right? Like, yeah. Th- th- arguably a very contentious close split decision. So I know you want to read about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like, not going to lie, looking at this fight, I'm a little bit surprised Holland's a favorite simply because, like I said, as gr- as fun as he is a lot of his wins are kind of like weird shit that can't happen we haven't really seen him tested we haven't really seen him tested with like a a wrestle heavy yeah and Bryson's not only wrestle heavy but he's been in there with the best of the best like and he starts prospects look at what is Shabazian who is quite stylistically similar to the way that Holland fights anyway so I'm not saying he's gonna lose but I mean I'm I'm on the Holland hype train I'll be honest I I am and I love Kevin Holland. I just feel like this is a, a huge check. If, if he passes this, I'll be like, fuck yeah. it. You know, title let's march shot. him right yeah. up there and give him a title shot after his maybe one I mean, I, don't, I, want, I, want, I want to see him fight Till purely because I think that press conference would be absolute flames. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, but yeah, I'm picking underdog here. I'm going Brunson. And um, with that, we are out of time because we're in a bit of a rush this week. So apologies for that. But um, yeah, there we go. Brunson, upset. You hit it here first. <laughs> don't forget Cage Warriors. Don't forget Cage Warriors. Oh yeah, Trilogy we talked fights. about that last week. But yeah. Um, yeah. Give a little bit of love to Kid Warriors this week. See ya. Peace.